Hello, and welcome to the Divergent IO podcast, part two of resumes, selection, recruitment, cover letters, everything you need to find your dream job this summer. So if you are new to this podcast, please uh, rate on iTunes and Google Podcast. Also, we have a Facebook page, so go on there and please like that if you want all the newest updates. So going into part two, we're talking about interviews. And I'm going to take, take it away, Beverly. All right. Thank you, Zach. So welcome, guys. Um, this is Beverly, and I am the co-host of Divergent IO Podcast. And my host, um, Zach, um, he just mentioned that we're going to be you know, doing this into part two because it was a little lengthy. And um, we decided that we wanted to make it a little bit more detailed for you to get to really understand the interview process and how it leads to you getting selected for the job. So we're going to get started with interviews. So interviews are already when the recruiter is interested in you and they want to hear more about your story, about your skills, your background, your education, and etc. So um, during this time, it's really important that, um, that you prepare for this time. So prior to the interview, you want to make sure that you know everything that you can about the company, about the position, um, about your background and how your background aligns to this position, or maybe how it doesn't and how you want to make a change and why you want to make a change and and just how, you know, that experience has been like for you. So this is a time where you're going to be kind of sharing your story with another person that potentially might be, um, you know, recruiting you and selecting you for this position. So you want to be able to be really not too transparent, but you want to be real with them and you want to really show them and tell them who you are and what you can bring to the table and what skills and, you know, assets you can bring to the company. So for the job interview, it can be in person or it can be through the phone, through Zoom nowadays. And um, so the first, the first, the beginning, they usually do a phone interview. So for the phone interview, basically you want to know everything, like I said earlier, um, and just tell them it's a, it's more of a, uh, not really that formal kind of interview, but you're still you know, telling them about yourself and, and basically this is like, like a resume all over again, but through the phone talking to the actual recruiter. So you they, they, sometimes they ask you questions. Sometimes they just want you to talk and share everything. And then after that, if let's say that you did, you know, really well and they really liked you, um, you're going to be called into another interview. And this is usually with, um, the hiring manager, or somebody else that's in the team. Um, so it just depends on their interview process. Sometimes there's multiple interviews that you need to take in order to get to the final interview. So let's move on to the second one. So for the second one, let's say it's for the, it's with the hiring manager. So this one is going to be a more detailed interview where the hiring manager is going to want to um, get to know why you want to be in this position and why he should hire you. And... Um, once again, you want to be able to share all your stuff that you learned during your researching of this company and the role. And um, during this time, you want to be able to be really um, detailed on, on your background. 
especially because that's going to let them know that you actually have the skills for it, for the position, because you've maybe worked on it in the past or done similar projects and you're going to be able to stand out. So for me, I think this is kind of like a time where you're going to be showing your cover letter in through the phone or in person um, where you want to be able to know let them know that you're unique that you're different but at the same time you're able to bring value into the company you're going to tell them about past projects that you've worked on about past um, roles that you excelled on and that you were really good at so just you know things like that and um, you want to be able to really you know make the the interviewer um, like you so after this um there's sometimes that you, like I said earlier, you interview with like one or two more people. But then for the final interview, usually it depends. Um, there can be panel interviews where it's multiple people. And um, usually it's the hiring manager with like someone higher, like the, the VP of HR or the HR manager or um sometimes the CEO so it just depends on the company um, and then sometimes they have other people in the team that come in just to you know uh, just be in there in the interview um, and just to kind of intimidate you to be honest with you sometimes it can be like that just to make it more intense and and uh, they just want to see you know that you're capable of it and that you're going to be able to um, excel in times like that so after that, once you do that, sometimes they ask for a presentation, depending on your position that you're applying for. They ask for a presentation, for a project that you're going to have to present, that sometimes they ask for, you, for it prior to that. So you have to prepare yourself in order to have that final interview and present whatever it is. Um, so um, yeah, so you want to be able to do the same thing, adding the first and second interview together and just showing the group what you can do. Um, so a way to prepare for all of these interviews um, are doing information interviews with people online. So for example, I know that um, SAC and I have both done informational interviews through LinkedIn and we've talked to recruiters or people that are in the same team or people that are doing the same the role that I want to apply for and just you know get to know them and get to know how their daily um, how, their, how their day is and as like or whatever position is and get to know a day in the life of an, an analyst or a day in the life of a specialist and just get to know you know the positions and how they are to see if that's actually something that you want to do and also to see if that's a company that you actually want to work for because sometimes a company looks nice on the outside but then when you're working there you get all like the inside scoop and you're like yeah maybe not maybe it doesn't align with my values maybe it doesn't align with my passions or you know you just kind of get to know the company in a different um, perspective after the informational interviews um you want to do you can also do mock interviews so if for those of you that are in university or in college um sometimes the re the uh, the resource center, what is it called? The career center, the career center, they're able to provide these for you. So this is basically when someone from the career center is interviewing you and um, they're the, the hiring manager, for example, and you go in and it's like, it's like a legit interview. You go in dressed up and, you know, you have your resume ready and you go in and it's like you're going into a job interview and they ask you questions and you make up this pretend role and this or and 
for whatever company you want to work for and you interview like you're going to be interviewing for that company and for that role so it's really cool that you're able to you know that you're able to do that because you're preparing yourself so you can do as many as you want so it just depends on your university or college but it's a great uh, resource that you need to take advantage of and it will definitely help you out to prepare for the actual interviews and um so yeah so these are different ways that that um, that you can prepare and things that you should know prior to going into an interview because it's really important for you to really kill that interview because um, you want to be able to show them that you are not just putting stuff in your resume but that you're actually skilled enough to present it out and you know share with them in person. So um, we're going to move on to selection. So now that you've been interviewed multiple times, now that you've sent out all of these applications and um, Sorry, now that you sent out all the, the resume and the cover letter and you've had the interviews, now we're going to move on to the selection. So how are they going to select you? So it just depends. So depending on the company, but there's some companies that use the ATS, um, and Zach is going to be talking a little bit more about that. In, in so, so I want to talk about selection. This is the pivotal part. You went through all the inter- informational interviews, uh, previously, you put your resume in, you did um, phone interviews, which were screening interviews, assessments, all kinds of different things, cover letters. And now is the point where companies are looking whether to select you or not. And a big part of this is through automated tracking systems, ATS. And some of you have heard about this, uh, others have not. Uh, what a lot of companies do, so basically from when you first start applying, they track your resume and your applicant, whatever number they assign you. And your resume goes in there, your cover letter goes in there, and it tries to match up your resume with their job description. So when I was talking about doing customized resumes, uh, you want to match them up so the tracking software obviously picks it up, but it also allows them to set kind of parameters. And like, this person got uh, 80% of keywords matching, let's send them off to an assessment or a phone screening. If there's assessment, it usually goes before phone screening. Um, and these assessments, like uh, through HireVue, through uh, Pymetrics, they they all can be practiced, but they, they only get you so far. Uh, if you take them and do really well, it puts you in kind of the first tier of you know phone interviews, if you do kind of average, you go into like a second tier. And if you don't do it, you're more likely bottom of the second to top of the third tier of who they interview. Um, and then if they don't have any, you just get selected from there. And they kind of basically give your resume a score. And you're put in either, you know, screening interview or not screening interview, essentially. And after that, you get the, those interviews. You're super excited. And when you do do the screen interview, it is like a like you're you're telling them who you are. You're you're really trying to communicate why you want to work for that company. And when that goes well, you you see your steps, your progress through everything, um, and then more interviews and different things. But ATS is a huge part of selection because you want to meet um, each of the parameters and move through. But as an applicant, you can't see what the recruiter or the hiring manager uh, has behind there you just get the 
the job description and you try to match it up. Uh, but they are important. And as you kind of get selected and move through, a company will kind of have a ranking on their end of who they'll hire or who they'll at least interview. And you're not just in kind of a number, but it kind of ranks it in terms of the whole package. And then that's why if you're a strong interviewer, you have a good cover letter or referrals or references that are really strong, that will put you over the edge. And so you being a you know, three or four on list, it might get you the job. Um, and selection is a really important part of the process, and so is ATS, because um, it tracks you from you know when you apply all the way until you're either not selected or you are selected. Um, so let's get into yes. Um, so I actually have something to share about that. So like, I think yeah. um, I think sometimes um, I'm a person that I think as a candidate, I don't really like this system just because I like the personal interaction with the employer or the hiring manager or the recruiter. And with this, it's kind of like a... Like it's it's like a robot. It's like a machine that does it for you, doesn't for them. And sometimes you're not able to really like. I think when you're talking to someone, like you're able to see their expression, you're able to hear their their passion. And with this, it's just kind of like everything that's off paper, which can be good too. Because let's say someone has really good, you know, background experience, really great skills, really good references, a really good resume. Like they can shine on, on like with this. But someone mm-hmm. that doesn't really, let's say someone that doesn't really know how to write a resume or how to write a cover letter, doesn't have many references or any references at all, that's where they can shine in the, you know, the phone interviews and when they're not, you know, when a person is actually looking at their stuff, not a machine. So for me, I'm just kind of like iffy about, you know, this tracking system because um, it kind of... Uh, you know, it it can be a little a little difficult to kind of, you know, depending on who on your personality. Like for me, example, like, um. So I just wanted to share that just because I know some people, you know, it, it can it can be a little difficult to be able to um go through a system like this. Maybe it gets him a little nervous to say like, oh, I'm not going to be able to stand out just with a machine looking at my stuff, where I can mm-hmm. stand out and share my story with someone that you know it's at the other end of the phone. Or with someone mm-hmm. that it's like seeing my passion and hearing my passion, and and you know, and and I and I just you know I just wanted to share that just because um, there is a lot of uh, there is a lot of you know negativity or just like stigma around this just because of those reasons. I know a lot of people you know sometimes you know I know some people that feel the same way just because a lot of these systems have you know, taking them off of the the application process because something was, was missing on their resume or something wasn't just, you know, aligned with their with them, you know, that maybe they didn't put it right. Maybe they use a different word or you know, and, and it's just it's so um detailed a lot of these things that they're tracking that like any small mistake can just take you out. You know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that that's what it is right like it has to be like there's like key words that there's like key things that your application needs to have in order for you to stand out and continue on in the application process right yeah that is correct so what automated tracking systems are is it's essentially an algorithm that's written and it takes your resume and the job description and tries to see how much things match Mm -hmm. and i agree with you i think it's very impersonal i got midway through uh my our master's program i got an interview for for a 
top consultant firm in LA, one of the best in the nation is one of the big four. And I was, I was very excited and they sent me a link. I, I did all the assessments and it was an interview, a video interview. And I was like, wow, that's, that's amazing. Video interview. I get to meet the person. And it was just uh, basically me looking at a screen and it prompts a question and I answer it. And then you let them see that, but it doesn't let me read, engage the other person's response. Just like you said on the, with, with phone interviews, you can gauge by, like, by how someone's reacting to what you're saying. Yeah. Hey, like you, you, you could adapt to what they're saying. Whereas like this automated tracking system, I really don't like it. If I had a company, I probably wouldn't use it unless I needed coding and you could do basic like coding skills assessments. Yeah. Um, for sure. Other than that, I, I don't think I'd use it. And also I would have a small company, so I wouldn't need have the need to <laughs> go through twenty thousand, you know, resumes for certain jobs and location stuff. But I agree. I think it's very impersonal. And I actually think a lot of people are turning towards companies who don't who don't do this stuff, but a lot of companies force you to use it. Um and I actually have a question. Yeah, I, I agree, it's impersonal. So for the, let's say I'm applying, I'm applying for a job. Uh, so mm-hmm. before applying, do I know if this company is going to be using an ATS? Um, I would say almost all of them are. If not, there's a browser extension through a company called jobseer.io. And it will use ATS to match you, your app. You upload your application and it will match up the job and see how many keywords you have. So that's a good help. You know, it, it's, it's aid, but I would say pretty much every major company uses them. Okay. Um, I, I don't think a lot of public jobs do like government jobs. I don't think a lot of those use them. Um, but as far as like a Disney or, a, you know, Fox sports or whatever it may be, uh, Deloitte, I think they all use them, uh, because they have such a high volume applications. Okay. It's really hard. Um, and that's, that's why it is a selection tool, but it selects a lot of really good candidates yeah. out. So it's kind of like, well, what are you going to do? Um, are you going to select out like a hundred really good qualified candidates so you don't have to go through a thousand applications? Uh, I that's mean, it, it's true. the company's um, choice. I think using ATS, I mean, it depends. I mean, really, I think most big companies use it, use it but there are a lot of resources out there that that will that have ATS and it will match stuff up. Like I said, jobseer.io, it's a browser extension. Um, we'll match it up. It'll do it with LinkedIn, Indeed, ZipRecruiter. I even think Google Jobs, if you search like in Google Jobs. Um, so so it will match it up and it'll say, hey, you have these keywords. Your education matches or doesn't match. So I'll leave that link actually down below yeah, as well. That would be so cool. everyone can have that. Um, but, but it's difficult. It really is. Automate track assistance. I think it's more offensive when a company has uh, interviews without having another person. It's just all automated all the way through. Because it's like, well, how am I supposed to get to know your company and how are you really getting, getting to know me? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's kind of one of the things. You have so many people just being able to apply online all, all the time. This was kind of a solution. It's not perfect by any means. Even a lot of the data says it's not perfect on ATS machines. Um, when we went over a bias episode, um, there was problems in, in, um, selection practices, um, saying it selected people out of certain, um, ethnic names and different things like that. Um, so it's not perfect by any means, but I think companies are trying to solve some sort of issue there. 
And I think they'll get better over time or they'll just not be used anymore. But yeah, but I think uh, it makes sense that you mentioned yeah. about the big companies using it because like they get a high volume of applicants. And imagine how long mm-hmm. it will take the recruiters to do all of those applications to look, to look yeah. at all of those applications. So I guess this would work out for like bigger companies, but it's still mm-hmm. kind of like iffy just because of how it's done. But mm-hmm. you know, it's it's just another way of doing it. So let's say like if you know that you don't like this, just don't apply to those companies, or just kind of if you really want to be the, working for that company, then just apply to like one or something. You know, be really specific yeah. because. Yeah, I personally, like, enjoy the engagement, and I like to see the other person's reaction because, I mean, it kind of hypes you up when they're like, oh, really? Like, oh, that's interesting. And you're just like, yeah, yeah, let me tell you more. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like, yeah. it's just the way that, you know, like, with, you know, my personality and, and the way how I am and the way how I, you know, communicate. But, yeah, so it just all depends on, you know, on people and how they, you know, if they like it or not. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So thank you for sharing that, Zach. That's really informative and it's actually really good to to hear about, um, about you know, this system. So now we're moving into discussion about education versus experience. What gets you the job? Modern day uh, question for IO practitioners and job seekers alike. Uh, to kind of end this podcast out, uh, which one gets you the job? What? Uh, does a person with more experience get the job or does someone uh, with more education get the job? And it really, a lot of this does depend on the job, where, where you work um, or would be working, uh, what they need to fill the role. Because uh, there are a lot of jobs uh, that are out there that will have these requirements, but they may want someone who has more experience because the role moving forward is, hey, we want you to build out, um, but if you have kind of the theoretical uh, practice, do you have the practicality to kind of get the job done in a sense, get it done right the first time without them having to restart over? Uh, so, so one thing that was really hard for me was going through grad school and seeing all these jobs where I was like, hey, you need a master's degree and you'll be uh, able to apply for this job and you'll be able to get this job. Uh, you need to, you know, obviously get as much experience as you can while you're here. But when you graduate, you should be able to get this job. And the reality is, while you getting maybe an advanced degree or getting an undergrad degree, it doesn't necessarily mean that all of a sudden you'll get a job in that field or you'll be in a dominant, like, position. Me and Beverly actually talked about this a lot when we we're going over the case study in episode three where, well, who, who do you hire? Do you hire the person who has relatively equal experience or just a different skill set? And what do you need for that job going forward? And we left it ambiguous and vague on purpose for that podcast uh, so we could narrow it down and tell you what we thought. Uh, so, so work experience makes you sometimes a better match, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes they, they want a, a, a fresh set of ideas. They want maybe the new um, philosophy from, you know, a university uh, or, or university. And other times they want, you know, someone who is there who can just take off and run and know systems or know what to put in place. And um, it, it, it's difficult when people hear, hear news about, hey, we decided to go with someone with maybe a little more uh, practical experience 
Um, I've, I've been told that multiple times. I was told that even in my, my, my job that I recently left was that, um, I, I asked because they, at one point I was about nine months in feeling pretty good about myself. And, uh, one of our directors left and he was the person who started our team. And I said, I talked to the person who ran, ran all, um, our uh, child support and in, in our county. And I said, is that job open? I would like to interview for that. And she was like, what? Sure. Like, uh, like we already kind of have a candidate lined up, but we'll, we'll do like a, a soft interview. See if you'd be a fit, maybe moving forward. Maybe if we want to split it up and, and even though I knew it was a long shot, I, I wanted to let them know that like, like I can lead if you need me to lead. If you want me to lead, I'm going to lead already. I'm already leading. It's just, at what level? And they said, well, like as much as we, we like you, you just don't have the program experience that you need the program experience as far as like knowing all technical ish, like stuff behind the scenes that child support needs that someone in this field would need. They said in a couple of years, when you, if you, when you have more experience, like if a job opens up, like we would have no problem. We see you moving highly through throughout here. Um, but some of that, is weighed on, you know, they already knew me. If I would have applied from that job right out, out of the gate and I would have never even got the, the, you know, conversation rolling, I would never even pass the, the general stuff. But sometimes you have to step out of your comfort zone and eventually things will, will happen. Things will formulate. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just having faith in, in, in yourself and that there's bigger plans um, so, so Beverly, which one do you think, um, weighs more, uh, experience, education, um, personality, whatever, whatever may be on, on this topic. Yeah. So this topic, it's a topic that really, um, it can either get me really hyped up or it can get me really upset because it just all depends on the approach of how the, how they say things, you know, like the person interviewing you. Or the way how they tell you, you know, that they made a selection. Um, and I think it's um, it's important to take into consideration the passion and personality of a person. Um, because I, I recently just said this to, to a VP of HR during an interview. I told her, I was like, I think that um, personality, um, hard work, and... And passion can take you further than the experience because someone that and then that kind of goes along with um, the personality and all of that goes along with the education because sometimes people graduate and, you know, they don't have experience, but they have the passion. They have that excitement to wanting to get started. And um, and someone that has experience, they might have 10 years of experience, but maybe they just are not as excited as a person that just graduated. Maybe they don't have those recent, or maybe they don't have like fresh ideas or they don't have like new skills, you know? And it's just, even though they are well experienced and well skilled, well, um, and they have, you know, good skills because they've, they've been practicing them for a long time. You know, I, I, I me as a, as a hiring manager or as a CEO of a company, 
Um, I would prefer to hire someone with the education because I want someone that's fresh, someone that's excited, someone that really wants to be able to apply all their knowledge and um, skills into my company. So, you know, that's what I would do. I would choose someone that has that's coming from education instead of experience. But let's say if I have something that needs to get done, something that it's like really heavy and that needs, you know, people that are well, well skilled and have experience doing it because it's something that we need to like get the ball rolling. Then I would choose someone with experience just because, you know, at that time, maybe the company or the team doesn't have the time to train someone, um, you know, or doesn't have, um, yeah, basically the time. Time sometimes can, you know, be a, um, a an obstacle for a fresh freshly graduated person because if they're applying for a company that is maybe going through a transition maybe going through a big change um they're not going to choose someone that's new that doesn't have skills because they don't have the time to to train them you know so they want to they want to hire someone that already has the experience so they can get started right away so you know it just depends but um yeah it just kind of sucks when you hear back from someone and they're like yeah we didn't choose you because you don't have experience you don't have a lot of experience we chose someone else that has 10 years of experience and that just kind of bumps you out you know it's like oh man like really like I I I've done stuff maybe you've done projects in school that somebody else did for a living you know so it's like it's still kind of it's a little bit you know similar because you were still you know doing the same task Mm -hmm. but you know, in a different setting and a more, maybe it can be professional, but maybe like less professional if it's because in education, quote unquote, but yeah. mm-hmm. you know, it's still the same thing, you know? So it just kind of sucks when, when they tell you that mm-hmm. they didn't select you because of that reason, but yeah. yeah I, I, oh, sorry. Oh no, but I value both of them. I value experience and I value the education and the, you know, the education kind of go, goes along with the passion, the skills and the, you know, the excitement to get started. But um, yeah, both are important, but I think for me, if I was a CEO of a company or a project manager, I mean, a, a hiring manager, I think I would choose someone. And, I, and and also, if I don't have to, if I'm not on in a time crunch or mm-hmm. in a timeline that, in a deadline, I would choose someone with education instead, just because... Mm-hmm. Um, I just like conversation. I like person people. I like diversity. I like to, you know, have people from different different backgrounds, different experiences. And I just, you know, I want to be able to bring like a spark into the company. I just don't want to have people that are just so smart, but maybe are not like really passionate or maybe, you know, they just kind of lost their spark and are just there's are there are just there working, you know? You know what I'm saying? So it's just you know, it, it just depends on who you are and what you want and who you want to work with, you know? So, yeah. I agree when, when you were talking about um, having someone who is passionate and educated. I also think with, with education, uh, the pedigree of the institution, I mean, because not all colleges are the same. I mean, there's there's Ivy Leagues out there. And, yeah, obviously, you can get an Ivy Leaguer into your, into your company and a passion and all that, and you can get their their network as well. Yeah, you, you make that higher ten times out of ten. But I would I would go out and say when we are are looking at 
time, oftentimes when they're hiring someone for say position, like an L and D manager, oftentimes the person who is, is maybe hiring might be on the hot seat themselves. So when they may be making their decision, their decision is based on maybe a time crunch, as you said, uh, as well as if they're on the hot seat, how, how well can they, um, measure the, the pressure you'd be under at an educational institution mm. compared to in, in the workplace where they have demands and they may want something out in, you know, three weeks, a month, two months, whatever it may be. We want all this stuff out, out there. Um, I would, I would even go to say that when you're talking about educational like pedigree, I'd say that CBU, where I went, where you went, is a very, very good I.O. program. I, I couldn't say enough about it positively. I would say the pedigree is probably better uh, on the practitioner side than, say, so, something like a Cal State San Bernardino. Um, and that, and that's, not, that's not to knock them. If I was to say research-based, um, Cal State San Bernardino is significantly better because they're a research institution. But when when you're in a, a competitive program like CBU, CBU was pretty competitive when we were there. Um, everyone was very smart, but they, they they don't necessarily know that. And when when I started this podcast, I had three or four people and – the first person I asked was, was you Beverly because you, you were passionate. And I said, how, how much further can I go with someone else? And then when I asked you, I was like, I, I'm, I'm choosing you. And if you want to do it, it's because you're passionate and you know, the field and you know what you're doing. And we basically, we have the same education grad school wise, but we have different experiences. And, and when I go, if I was to be hiring someone, it would be like, well, how well do you know your field? Are you passionate? Do you want to be there? Do you want to work from, for me? Do you want to be a part of my team? Do you want to be part of whatever team we're hiring for? And if there's no time crunch, yeah, I'll take someone who's hungry and wants to get stuff done and wants to learn uh, 10 out of 10 times. And, and that should be a no brainer for a lot of people, but a lot of people get stuck up on, well, do they have five years experience in the field? Do they have this, that, and that? And some jobs are more technical. Like if you're an analyst and you need to be very proficient at something, yeah, you need more of that yeah. work experience. Maybe education doesn't take that. But a field like ours, like the education, if you have a hungry person, you have other people around them to mentor them, yeah. that person will shoot up through the organization so fast. Uh, you want competent people more than anything, obviously. But if they're hungry and they want it, most people are going to hire the, edu- the educated person, especially even grad school now is more of a barrier um, of entry for some jobs. And not necessarily an IO. I mean, IO helps with a master's or a PhD, but it doesn't mean that you have to have that degree to get an IO job specifically. It just means you go further in the field. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but when we, when, when I talk more about education versus experience and hiring practices, I think that like you want to, you want to try to make the best hire of the applicants you have too. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause sometimes if you don't feel good about every applicant, well, then maybe you try to go back through the process but ultimately, at the end of the day, like you eventually have to pick someone. You can't just leave a position open sometimes. Um, but yeah, like I said, I, I'm, I'm more education based. I, I would much rather have that hungry person. I mean, you could, it's not. We're not saying that there's not hungry people out there who have experience. I mean, there's someone. I mean, there's people I've talked to who came in to my workplace who 
came in from a different department. They're hungry. They wanted to learn. And I'm like, that, that's more valuable than anything, the mindset. Uh, but it's just the, the new the new thought process from people coming out of college is also important. I mean, it can be dangerous sometimes where you have um, certain workplaces where that's all they hire. So you have, like, you get a lot of, uh, what is it called? You get a lot of uh, group think. But that doesn't happen at big enough companies. But, I mean, that, that, that I'm starting to repeat myself a lot. Um, um, no, you know what? I, something yeah. that you mentioned that um, that I think it's really important, too, is that, well, not really important, but something that I want to share is that um, maybe a lot of you know that it's been harder for graduates to get like jobs that they actually um, are like meant to have. So like, for example, like for someone with a master's degree, it's it's really hard to get into a manager role without experience after graduating. Like, you know, sometimes they say like, oh, yeah, what you if you go into this field, you'll make this much money. It's not that's not true. Like unless you have a referral or unless you have a experience, you know, prior to going into grad school, that's mm-hmm. already like, you know, filling out your your resume. Um, you know, most of the time when you graduate, you're going to start off with an entry role and then mm-hmm. move up. Um, you know, and obviously, like, depending on, you know, your hunger, that's that's going to, you know, determine the timeline of how fast you're going to get you're going to grow in, in that organization or uh, maybe like if you just start off with one job like one prof- like career job and then you stay there for like a year that that maybe that that one year can help you get a manager manager role the second year so mm-hmm. it just depends you know but it's it's actually like it kind of it's kind of sad that a lot of graduates are graduating and are not able to get the job that they deserve not able to get the role that they deserve um and uh unfortunately it's it's because a lot of companies sometimes you know look at the experience but um you know it just depends like Zach mentioned too and I said it earlier like it just depends on the Hiring manager depends on the organization. It depends on the recruiter. So it's just, you know, it just depends. And you got to be able to, you know, research the company and what who they are and what they want to do. And, um, of course, the the role matters a lot just because you're not going to go into a role that you don't really know much about just because you're passionate about it. And um, because you're not, you're not going to be able to – it's going to be harder for you as a employee to get through that, you know, through every day, basically, or through every task, because mm-hmm. maybe you're like, oh, I'm really passionate about this, but I really don't know how to do it because I don't have experience, you know? So yeah. it, it's just kind of like, and it's not really the same as like grad school work because, you know, it's just very, um, it can be very, um, uh, is it, it's a, it's an abstract, not abstract. Um, it just depends, you know, on the projects, like they're mm-hmm. all different. So it's not like, you're doing the same thing. It's going to be something totally different. You're going to have to know the company. You have to know, you know, the the background of the project or whatever it is. So mm-hmm. it's just going to take much more time for you to settle in than someone that already has the experience and knows mm-hmm. how to do it. You know, so it's uh, it's it's just it's there's a lot that goes into it. You know, but yeah, it's just unfortunate that a lot of graduates are you know having a hard time finding jobs because of that reason. But, um, you know, we will get through it together. And, you know, it was a really good discussion to talk about it just because, you know, both of us are in, um, in you know, in the same field in I.O., but SAC is doing analytics and I do more of like training and development. Um, but, you know, we're both we were both 
um, when we graduated, we could both kind of uh, going through the same things of like trying to find a job. And then um, I think we both kind of started off in like entry roles, right, Zach? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And Zach was able to get promoted and, you know, higher up in his um, in his job because of the work that he was putting in. He was definitely showing that he was capable and he was able to handle many different tasks. And I know like through conversation, Zach, like, you were doing the job of like two people sometimes and you're able to prove to the company like that, that, hey, you know, I just, you know, you hired me as an entry level, but I'm showing you that I can do something mid or a higher level. So, mm-hmm. you know, some companies will appreciate that and will promote you right away. So, you know, that's that's definitely something that you need to keep in mind when you're applying and, you know, just say like, hey, eventually I will get there. Um, it will take some time. You know, maybe it can be fast. Maybe it can be, you know, slow, but it just depends on how much work you put in, you know? So, um, mm-hmm. that's also something that I wanted to mention, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I think that's, that's it for today's episode. Um, we just want to, you know, remind you guys that we do have, um, our, you know, our information on the description below. If you want to contact us, if you want to, you know, send us an email with a topic that you would like for us to talk about, um, feel free to do that. And, um, we also wanted to let you know that we are leaving the links um, below on the description so you can, you know, um, check out the video that we talked about earlier today. I mean, earlier that we talked about earlier in this episode. We wanted to let you know that we lost some audio near the end of the podcast. So we wanted to let you also know, you know, thank you for listening to this episode. It's a little bit longer. It's about a 42 minute podcast. We appreciate all the support. Also, we would uh, like to let you know we have a Facebook group uh, page. Just go there and like it, Divergent IO Podcast. We also are um, looking for some five-star reviews as well. Uh, But thank you, everyone, who supported this podcast so far. Uh, Me and Beverly appreciate all the support we've had so far. Uh, We plan on getting some new episodes out to you for this month. Thank you, and have a nice night.